2: Hello, hello, hello. Good evening everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diaman. This is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. God, this is uh, this is strange times, isn't it? It's so nice to see you all out there in your masks. Wasn't expecting many people here today, was we? I wasn't expecting no, you waving at your mum. We weren't. No, I'm yeah. actually
0: waving at my friend, Emma. Oh, hi mum. Who's uh, come all the way from Los this Angeles. This weird because we can see every
2: single one of you. Um, yeah, weird times, but thank you for everyone who's, who's come along tonight. And thank you for everyone who is streaming online around the world. I think we've got about another five people doing that, so that's good. <laughs> it's making up the numbers. Uh, <laughs> but we've got an amazing guest tonight. How are you feeling, Rob?
0: Today, Russell, I am feeling like a storyteller. Oh, yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about storytelling recently, especially with podcasts, because I've begun to realise that's what's so special about podcasts. And as this is the London Podcast Festival, yeah, um, you know, I recently spoke with uh, Carrie Ad Lloyd for Griefcast, and I was thinking a lot about this idea of how podcasts have become kind of um, time capsules of, you know, what was happening in society at a particular time point. Yep. And today's guest is someone that has really inspired me because he often thinks about communities and kind of the way that people feel in environments and um, in relationship to architecture, but also design and the kind of history of objects. And it's a really interesting perspective. And I I think his whole vision is very much what a talk art vision is of um, kind of bringing people together and being inclusive.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. He, He is an amazing... Uh, designer creative makes the world a better place he's a wonderful man so we would like to welcome to talk art into london podcast festival yinka Yinka ilori hi yinka Ah, take a seat there legend
0: Welcome, welcome to the stage.
2: Yes, thank you for having me. This is weird, isn't it?
3: It's very weird. Everyone yeah. looks
2: really menacing with their masks as well, like they're just sort of about to dive onto the stage <laughs> and grab you by the
3: throat. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. It's nice to not be on Zoom, you know, and sort of seeing an audience and some people. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have we you. We had
0: an amazing day together today as well. We did. We, uh, we met earlier and did an interview and a photo shoot for Off the Rails magazine. Yeah.
2: Which will be out soon. Which will be out
0: soon, yeah. And actually, I think they're going to give all our listeners a free copy of the digital magazine or something. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's going to be good. there you go. Um, Yeah, but it was really fun this afternoon getting to know you and spending a bit of time, because I'd never actually met you before. But you two, how did you two first meet?
2: So we met because Yinka was a brand ambassador for Bombay Sapphire, and we'd done a brand ambassador Bombay Sapphire thing a while back, and you designed... Uh, a room, but you work with artificial intelligence right, yep. and gin. Yep, yep, which is a perfect combination for uh, a lounge at freeze art fair, yeah, that's and that's right. where we met. That was last. Yeah. That was last year, wasn't it?
3: Last year, October. Yeah, is that yeah, where is Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nearly a year. Yeah. What, what was it? Because
0: I wasn't able to get off my booth, unfortunately. And there, were, I saw photos the next morning in the newspapers of like these two stood there together, having a really glamorous time with like. With gin in their hand, and there was me stuck
3: <laughs> on my booth selling art. oh no, so I never
0: saw the booth. What was it that you created for them?
3: So I created sort of four screens based on artificial intelligence, and if you know of AI, AI is sort of based on this algorithm you sort of feed it with images and it then regenerates you know, new images based on the memories and what you what you fed it with. So I, my work's very much all about storytelling and narratives, so this AI system sort of projects a new narrative based on my images and my artwork. And then we sort of create this kind of video that kind of shows the stories behind each kind of artwork. So it was, it was trying to sort of play with technology, but also playing with like real-life memories. Um, but done with this machine, this is this yeah. AI, which is pretty bonkers, yeah. yeah.
2: So how how does how do
3: memories and storytelling, how does that play into your work? Because it is a very uh, pivotal theme for your practice. It is, yeah. It, I mean, it allows me to sort of go back to specific moments in my childhood. Parents were born and raised in Nigeria. I was born in London. Um, so sometimes, as they sort of tell me a lot of their narratives and stories that they've been through as, as kids and as adults, so I try to sort of sometimes re sort of redesign and sort of retell their stories and my stories, but through a sort of British Nigerian lens, through objects and through sort of public realm works. Projects.
0: So there's this idea of like when you were a kid, I heard that your dad used to read you stories and would tell you parables about kind of very big topics, and then you've brought that into your sort of working process.
3: That's right, yeah. So when we were young, so it was three, but we've got two brothers, one sister. So when we was about know, five or six and sort of going into our teens, my dad's very quite a strict, very strict Nigerian man and very strict Nigerian mother as well. Um, so narratives are quite a big part of my upbringing. And uh-huh. also sort of Nigerian sort of folklore that were about love and uh, culture. Um, Tell us some parables. Jealousy. Um, I love these titles. They yeah. are really great, are What's aren't a they? parable for jealousy? Oh, bloody hell.
0: <laughs> Put you on the spot, um,
3: no matter how long the neck of a giraffe is, it still can't see the future. So that one's about sort of judging someone and sort of not being, I don't know, sort of knowing that, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow isn't promised. We, I don't know your destiny. I don't, you don't know my destiny. Yeah. So try and treat everyone the same. So I think the parables are all kind of, for me, like they're like positive sort of like life learning parables that make you sort of better people. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, that was my discipline as a kid, sort of having a parable. And I was left sometimes sort of in tears, because they were really sort of strong and like really emotive parables. Yeah. that were really thought-provoking, f- f- so yeah.
2: And then the sort the of parables then play into the objects you design and the and the scenes that you create.
3: They do, yeah. So I've always had an obsession with chairs. Chairs are something I sort of started out doing, and I think because, you know, as we do, you know, we cry on a chair, we argue, we laugh, um, and chairs, I feel like for me, sort of bring people together. I mean, in this case, it, it separates us, not today. But in, on most times, you, you have lunch, you have dinner, you have... You know, uh, chairs is quite a big part of my sort of culture and my upbringing. So I think for me, I was always quite a shy individual when I was doing my degree at university. But I think having an object like a chair that I can sort of eject a narrative and a, a story kind of allowed me to kind of do that, go away, and let the audience kind of make their own idea. Eject onto what, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Who, who is the chair king or queen designer? Oh,
0: bloody hell. That? That's a good question, though, because earlier on, you Russell said, do you like... Uh, mid-century British yeah. design, and you were like, not nah. really anymore. It's a bit boring. Now. Over it. You are kind of yeah. over it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, Because uh, it's the thing, isn't <laughs> it? like everyone's getting a blue kitchen at the minute and everyone's yeah. doing mid-century furniture. I guess as a, a designer, you're probably 10 steps ahead now, and you're like, uh...
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think... <laughs> I, I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. I think the work that I do now is very much sort of sculptural furniture. It's not... They're not really functional pieces of what you can sort of sit on. Right. Um, and I think... That happened sort of by accident. It wasn't the sort of conscious thing I did. I just created a work that I had that was more sculptural, not less functional, because I like to like the reaction like, that it gives people and it makes them feel uncomfortable yeah that was it was quite powerful so
0: for those in the audience that don't know your work you did an amazing project very early on in your it was kind of your breakthrough piece in a way yep. after you studied at the London Met is that right yeah and um, after that you you did this exhibition was it called if chairs could talk that's right yeah I was going to say if chairs could was. speak but then I was like if i'm, I'm talk, sure it's yeah. talk because of talk art yeah. but um if chairs <laughs> could talk and can you speak a bit about that project because obviously I, I feel like that's the work that most people if you mention Yinka kalori to might have heard about you. Yeah,
3: yeah. That was a, p- a project that was, for me, like, that kind of gave me my entry into design. It's quite a special project, because at the time I was going through, I was really stressed out with design and art, and not really... I didn't really feel I was getting anywhere with it. I was working in retail and trying to do this artist, you know, thing, um, and it, was, wasn't, it wasn't happening. So I produced sort of five chairs that I'd found around London and I told five stories based on people I grew up with in school. So what do you were,
2: mean you found them a lot like in skips? Just in London,
3: what? yeah, in skips, bins and- Really? I yeah, didn't know that yeah, part. Yeah. So they so were just they all like found, on the street? Yeah. They were all found in North London, yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And then
2: did you go searching for them? Like, did the first one just turn up and you're like, hang on a minute, here's a theme? <laughs> or did you actually dive down it, it, dumpsters it took, and stuff? It took like sort of
3: two of, over sort of two years. Of just like My house has got so much chairs that I've just collected over, over the years. So you my got kitchen, sleep in the
2: chair, basically. You not a yes. bed or anything, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> How many chairs have you got in your house? Well, if we my studio, but be like fifty chairs. I think. Whoa! Yeah.
2: Oh. And, and you just sit in a different chair a day, or they're
3: on the walls. So it's like kind of I've got this kind of chair. Like right, so you got gallery. to climb up oh, the wall yeah. and sit yeah. on them. Yeah, I've yeah my studio. Picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some might have sold over the years, but I'm like obsessed with with chairs. So, I would be collecting chairs from on the bus or whatever. And I would get off the bus, pick up that chair, put it in the kind of baby sort of area. Yeah, you know? move the baby yeah, out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would get all the you know the, all the horrible looks and thinking why has this guy got a chair in the buggy section? Yeah. That was me.
2: So, you had five of them <laughs> and they were based on 5 people, people like, from your childhood?
3: So, I went to, to all-boys School in North London, St. Aloysius, a Catholic school, and I told stories on these five individuals that I went to school with and I wanted to sort of tell their story. Right. And what was really funny about these chairs was that I've seen these people today, I've seen them quite regularly, and they don't know it's about them. They're not chairs. aware? No, no, no. And then two of the chairs that I've gone on to, go, one's gone to Brighton Museum, one's gone to Vitra. So they're really sort of important chairs for me. So
2: they've gone into the Vitra collection? Yeah, yeah. That's like major. Amazing, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's been a tour, part of an exhibition. So um, it's gone to like seven museums.
2: So for people
0: who don't know who Vitra are, Vitra is like one of the most kind of significant design houses in a way. But they
2: recreate the designs of say like Charles and Ray Eames and Jean Prouvé, all the greats, all the gods of design. Yeah, yeah. They create their pieces
0: again. what must it feel like when Vitra say to you they want to buy a chair from you?
3: I mean, I remember, you know, going to do my degree and I mean, that was Vitra was like, is the design, you know, yeah, God yeah. for every designer. Yeah, yeah So yeah, yeah. having my, you know, chair, you know, being in Vitra, and was during Art Basel and is yeah, incredible. Yeah. So
2: how do you put your, these people's personalities into a chair? What is a thought process that goes into that?
3: So what I might do is, you know, I might sort of get like two or three chairs and then what I do is sort of upcycle, sort of re each chair. So I might have like two chairs and try and take every element of that one, those two chairs and then one new piece. So for me it's about trying to use every component of those two objects to make one new, one new narrative. So all the work that I do with chairs is all kind of found objects that I found around London and try to retell the narrative. And that, that comes from, you know, sort of, you know, having that sort of new nationality. Sort of being British also being Nigerian. What does it mean to be a British Nigerian in London today? And I try to sort of, you know, portray that through a chair. Yeah. And they're um, quite
2: brightly coloured. You use really poppy, uh thick lacquer, yeah, strong like geometric lines. It's very yeah. it makes me think of like Peter Blake work yeah, or yeah, like Andy yeah. Warhol. There's yeah. definitely a pop art yeah. theme that goes through them.
3: Totally. I mean that comes from my parents and sort of seeing them being very proud of their culture. Right. You know, wearing Swiss void lace and gillier and you know, expensive shoes from, you know, uh, Liverpool Street where all the Nigerians go to buy their expensive shoes. Do they? They do, yes. Um, How
2: much is an expensive Nigerian shoe? Bloody
3: hell, we're talking about 250 quid maybe. <laughs> that is an expensive I shoe. I mean, wow, very expensive, expensive, yeah, with sort of gold diamonds on it. So, you know, it's a, it's a big part of our culture, you know, like looking and wearing expensive jewellery. So I think seeing my mum and dad dressed like that yeah. and being you know, very elegant and sort of very, you know, loud um, is, is, where, is why my work is very sort of, you know, I think explosive. you were saying
2: earlier that Nigerians in general are quite loud.
3: We are very loud, yes. Yeah, yes, very right. You know, loud people, yeah. Do
2: yeah. they like your chairs? Do they like your work?
3: <laughs> they do, they love it, yeah, yeah. Do they? Um I think they still don't get what I do, but you know, they they, they turn yeah. up. Uh.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I heard this
0: so your 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 parents both um grew up in Nigeria and then That's they right. decided to leave their jobs and leave their home to move to England. That's right. yeah. And then you were born in England.
3: Born born in north born in Angel, uh, yeah. North London. Um so my dad worked in uh what did he bloody marketing. Mum worked in hospitality and they just sort of left their mum and dad and families to sort of come to London, which I'm always like, think, think I just think you're crazy because I could never do that now, you know. It's so selfless yeah, yeah, yeah. to leave, your, you know, your loved ones and sort of start elsewhere. So yeah. always You still got a family in Nigeria? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But my mum's been there since March on lockdown. She can't can, can't get back here. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can she work Zoom and FaceTime and all that? No. Oh, No. 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 <laughs> Oh no! So she's not
3: watching tonight then? No. no. So we're all here. She's just <laughs> there by herself. Yeah. No. And, and you, yeah.
0: you like to go to Lagos like a few times a year, no?
3: I try and go like twice a year. So I would have gone this year, but obviously because you know lockdown and flight yeah. restrictions, I can't go. But for me, like going back there just allowed me to sort of you know being in touch with my culture. And I'm always finding new, discovering new things about my culture and my family. So it's always been my kind of form of inspiration for new projects and ideas. Yeah, there's so much to learn.
0: I was... I'm um, really interested in this story that because your parents had kind of brought you up in a, a quite a strict way maybe with your dad or whatever, but that but you felt like even though you were an artist at heart, you thought maybe being an artist wouldn't exactly make pay the bills or make money or whatever. So you somehow saw that you, you were you weren't as into graphic design, but I heard you were very into design and art. So you decided to kind of combine those. When what, what was that realization? Like how old were you and what and what kind of took you on that
3: journey I think you know again growing up in a Nigerian house so you have to be an engineer or a doctor nothing And I think, right, yeah. you know, there's not an art, artist or designer what were they that? what were they choosing for you civil engineering civil yeah. engineering <laughs> that was my calling right um <laughs> <laughs> so you were told yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and I was yeah. like okay and, uh, weird way I sort of I was like okay I'll try and do that yeah. degree and I think I enrolled actually at Bank to go and do civil engineering but I didn't last like, I lasted like a day and unenrolled and went to go and do a B Tech out art design and then uh I want to be an artist, a fine artist, but when you're young, you want to make money, isn't it? And I was like, I can't really, all the artists that make money are like dead, and uh, that's changing now, you know? Yes. You can be living an artist and make money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: What do you think of the divide between art and design? Cause you class yourself as an artist, we class yeah. you as an artist, but a lot of people would see you as a designer first. Yeah. yeah is yeah. that frustrating or is that...
3: I don't know, I used to frustrate me, but now I think I just kind of let people make their own decisions on what my work is because everything, I mean, I did study furniture and product design, but I've always, you know, studied, I did art, GCC, I did fine art, A-level, and I would have done fine art, you know, an, an MA or maybe even a degree, but right. I don't know, I think my work is sort of cross-disciplinary, so there's no kind of like one thing that I do, we do. Architecture. Multi-disciplinary. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, there's no kind of one sort of definitive thing that I do you know? Do you
2: like the idea of mass production in, in the Bauhaus theme, the fact that you can have something mass produced but it still has the artist's touch, it can still be an individual design piece, even though it's, it's readily available?
3: Yeah, I do, yeah. I think it's quite important, I think, to make sure that you know when you're designing things, like that it's inclusive and everyone can have access to your work. Yeah. And I think you know, yeah, I think art can be quite a pretentious and sort of non-inclusive space. Um, and I think for me, what I try and do in my work is try to make my work available to everyone, whether it's in a public space or yeah. an exhibition, whatever it is, but... You know, if you can't afford to buy a chair by me, maybe you could buy I don't know an an addition that I'm doing or or, I don't know. But I I think
2: trainers like you worked with Adidas, didn't you?
3: We did, yeah, yeah. Did you make sneakers? We did a sort of colourway for them, yeah, yeah. Um, Which was that. What was was that
2: like? I mean, that must that's pretty cool. Brand is it good to work with brands like
3: that? It is, yeah. I think sometimes when you work with brands, it's very difficult because they try to sort of take you a different route. But I've been quite lucky with brands. I think they they respect what I do and know that I'm going to bring narratives and colors and, and stories to my work. So they give me free range to. You know, to, to, to just be me, yeah. It know. can be
0: really tricky, can't it? This idea of, like, collaborating with a brand and you feel so kind of touched almost that they're interested in working with you, especially yeah. if it's someone like Adidas, I imagine. Yeah. You know, it's such a kind of a massive, yeah. global, you know, Exposure. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. also something we all grew up loving and knowing. And, and everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I always feel like it, the best artists are able to, to like, take on that... And maybe not compromise yeah. as, as much, and just try and stick to your vision. Because yeah. in the end of the day, that's why they've asked you—you yeah. you know it's for your your input.
3: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I've always been lucky, I and mean, we worked with people like Pinterest and you know Bombay Sapphire, and we've done you know like lot of different sort of brand I mean, the, the sort of activations. But they've always been respectful of sort of you know my narrative. Because I think for me, it's always important that I have my heritage is always at the forefront of what I do. Yeah. I mean, I think because when I was young, I didn't really feel like I could celebrate my British Nigerian heritage. It wasn't something that was sort of discussed at school or it wasn't kind of, all right, or my degree. It was always kind of at the back, you know. So I think for now, I feel like I've sort of missed out on so much of my culture. I really want to try and celebrate as much as I can, whether it's at home or in public spaces or whatever I do, it's got to be at the forefront.
2: Well, I feels quite sad that you weren't able to do that. You felt no. like you missed out the opportunity to be pr- proud of your heritage. Yeah, here.
3: yeah, yeah. I think, that, I think that was probably maybe because there weren't a lot of designers, you know, who were... Uh, you know, from a sort of Nigerian or sort of African sort of decent, but I think um, we were always sort of like showing, like sort of West, Western sort of designers I couldn't connect with. I didn't have a, I didn't have a connection with, you know, I mean, are great designers, but yeah. I couldn't connect with their work, you know? Um, they didn't represent you. E- exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think that rep- that's something for now, it's important to feel represented in whatever you do. Yeah, yeah. totally.
2: Yeah. How has um, the lockdown and COVID Affected your practice and your thinking and work.
3: You know, we're, we're a small team of five, you know, people with three architects and one graphic designer and uh, One uh, student manager and we always work at a fast pace so What we do is very, you know, we have a sort of month or two months sort of lead time and we want the next project and it's quite stressful to sort of, you know, get briefs in and try to sort of turn it around really quickly But I think lockdown really did uh, make me rethink my studio and the, the things that I care about and work at a slower pace because you're always trying to chase the next project, chase the next. Yeah, I don't know. Got ne- that, next thing,
2: tick, yeah, tick, tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think you
3: never really sort of process that project and like really evaluate it and learn from your mistake because you're always trying to go for the next one. So I think lockdown really made me humble and really like understand, okay, this is what you should be looking at and what you should yeah. care about, you know?
0: And also, you, were, you started making prints in lockdown yeah, uh, yeah. as a kind of response to lockdown. So you, you began to use text in a very direct, poetic kind of
3: way. Can you yeah. speak a
0: bit about those projects?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, you know going when you're on your social, Instagram, for example, there's so much neg- negative negativity during lockdown, you know, Black Lives Matter. It was a tough time for I think, everyone. Nothing, there was nothing positive on social media. Yeah. You know, and I think for me, it really did affect me. It did affect my mental health. Because you wake up in the morning, in the afternoon, you look at your phone, it's just like negative feats. Yeah, totally. totally. It's, it's just like, it, it affects you. So I think running was, was what, how I escaped all that and music, and then I did the print called Better Days Are Coming, I Promise, um, and it went mad. I think if we in like two days or a day, we saw about 150. Um, well, and I, I think
2: saw this on Blackfriars Bridge, so you printed it yeah, across, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. probably So when did you put that one up? Foot?
3: it just just the start of lockdown wasn't start it start a lockdown
2: yeah, yeah and yeah. I cycled an past world. and yeah. I, I yeah. just <laughs> stopped my city bike and I was like that's yinka and I got a selfie with it and then oh, I, I messaged it, yeah. you, I that. And it was, you but instantly what's amazing is i instantly recognised like your font yeah, and your colourway yeah, and yeah, your yeah. the way you proportion yeah. everything together yeah and that's been great and so that came as a commission through it like was through s-
3: jack Hart, yeah it was it was for um, originally it was for um, uh, the chelsea hospital so i did a commission for them right um for the a and e department so we did a huge commission for them which we we're launching i think next month i think um and that says that slogan it does yes yeah. so we did a whole kind of takeover for the whole hospital so murals and text which i think, mean, yeah which will
2: wow next month that's to be, be, be next day.
3: month yeah 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 amazing so that was great so i think i just think i wanted to try and to try and bring some hope into our lives because right now I think everyone's sort of lacking hope and we're all kind of anxious and there's. Nothing. Everybody's anxious. Yeah. There know.
2: is, there is like, it seems like there's universal anxiety. And there's yeah, commercials yeah. on the TV the other day saying, Are you feeling anxious about life? Are you feeling anxious about feeling anxious? Are yeah. you anxious about your wife? And I was like, Wow, that's actually like a commercial they've put out yeah. because it is, because you, you internalize it and you go, Well, maybe it's just me that's anxious, everyone else is cool. And there's a dialogue going on there that is. there is a universal trauma that we're all going mm. through and anxiety that we're all trying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, think that little efforts you can make and these slogans you're saying really do make a difference. And the fact that what you can do for environments yep. and for people passing by is incredible. Mm. Like one of, that, one of our favourite works is this disused railway arch underpass. Oh my God, like I love this subway, one. Yeah, Which yeah. people so walk good. through and you, it's called Happy Street.
3: Happy Street, yeah. And yeah. how did that come about? Well, that was a competition. So, I mean, I'm not an architect. I haven't studied architects before, but I appreciate architecture mm. and architects. Yeah. So we were... We submitted a copy you notice know, i uh, work for this competition um run by the lfa um what's that one what does that sound for a lunch of yeah. architecture all oh, right um, and they sort of do a project commission every year so we put this proposal forward and then we we somehow won this project we sort of beat like you know like big practices who have years of experience like yeah and, and i was like <laughs> yeah well you know we won but i think for me it was about you know you've got these amazing apartments in battersea that go for six seven eight twenty million pounds in yeah. these estates across just down a few, you know, a few roads. So, and I think because I've grown up in an estate myself, I know what it feels like to be to feel like you've been been forgotten. So, we wanted to try and inject love and hope in those communities and in those areas, and, how, and the best way was to do it through colour and storytelling. So, we sort of really loved this underpass that was dark, unsafe, um, just really sort of dingy and dark, and sort of brought in the colour, um, light, and love. What's it called? Um, Thessaly Station. It's called Thessaly Road. Thessaly it's Road. Happy Street. Yeah. Um, and it's in, uh, in, in, uh, in Battersea. Just obviously the sort of battersea dog's home, if you, yeah, if you know that.
0: At all. Yeah. And, and it's the colour, like, as you walk through it, kind of moves, doesn't it? And it evolves as you would walk yeah. under the underpass. Yeah. And it surrounds you. So it's, like, on the ceiling, on exactly. the walls. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And it's super intense, strong, strong colours. You can't feel
2: scared going under there, basically. No, you feel happy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I love the title Happy Street as well. And I heard that it was one of the things you were most proud of.
3: It was, yeah, because it was my first kind of permanent sort of like project yeah. in London that's going to be there forever. So I can always yeah. visit with my family and yeah. kids one day. And, so
0: and how, how did you choose the colours for
3: it? It was based on some research that I found on, uh, on some news. Uh, I'm not going to say what news, uh, <laughs> but anyway, found it online. Yeah. Um, and this doctor did some research on based on um, 16 types of happiness, what colours evoke good, positive, positive happiness vibes and oh interesting yeah so it was yellow episode. is number one surely Yellow. <laughs> what was it was it yellow Ye- yeah so you had yellow you had orange you had sort of pink and, and i think blue and then you colors, love pink as well don't you well yeah it's yes. one of my own colors yeah um so yeah, and so that was what sort of inspired the sort of project that article and research that was done by this sort of health doctor and that's what we did you know
2: did you, you speak to anyone from like the estates near there and get their feedback on what they
3: felt and yeah, which was, I think, you know, part of the sort of key uh, process for the, for the intervention. Yeah. I was talking to the community as the young kids who live in the area and would have to walk on the underpass every day. So there's a school next door right there as well. So they were part of the project as well. Did some workshops on, like, colour theory and yeah. um, storytelling. So they were all part of the process. So it's, it doesn't they feel like it's to theirs. Me. It's theirs, yeah. I think wow. that's just quite nice that I designed it. But now it's actually their project, their installation.
2: So how often do you say there was a competition? How often the competitions come up that you can like compete for to have permanent artworks or semi-permanent?
3: I think yeah, I think the, when you do like one or two then you I think you kind of get invited to kind of do project. I think you sort of you don't pitch less. I think they sort of trust that you can sort of deliver a project. Right. Because so they
2: happen a lot of competitions. It's like a thing, isn't it? Like Everything, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: I
0: feel like younger artists often have to spend so much time and money to like create these applications yeah. and then they just never really stand a chance to even get it. So it can be quite disheartening. But I was, we were talking to someone recently and they were like, keep on applying yeah. and keep on doing it. Because yeah. even if it takes up a lot of your time, even if you don't get the actual prize at the end of the yeah. day or you know, the opportunity to fulfil a project, yeah. you actually are learning through that process. So 100%. that's why I think it's really important to apply for them. And like you say, there are so many opportunities to and apply for them. This things.
2: is the inspiration. This is <laughs> exactly. That yeah. your first one. And
0: like like with Happy Street, you did beat leading kind of We did, yeah. You know, yeah. much more well known at that time, you know, designers or
3: yeah. artists. Yeah. It was quite a stressful process, yeah. But I think <laughs> you just learn a lot. You work with, you know, engineers, architects, you work with, you know, structural engineers and so, yeah, it's, it's a different... I'm used to sort of making chairs, and which is just, you know, just kind of a small object. But when you're yeah. doing, like, buildings and working with Network crow and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you, you learn a lot. What like are
2: some of the mistakes you've made that you've learned from that you would... Could, if someone come up to you now, a young designer, and said, what have you done that I could learn from?
3: I think we're, we're going to chat today about Tracy Emin, and, you know, she just said to kind of be patient.
2: Yeah, but where did you meet her?
0: So you were working in a shop at the time, Marks weren't you? Marks and Spencers, yeah. Yeah, Marks and Spencers, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Working in my suspensors and just, you know, yeah, stopping artists, trying to work out how to leave my suspensors. But anyway, I do love the M&S. you helped me during yeah. my degree. So thank You've got you. to love m I mean, do love them, yeah, yeah. They're very supportive and they gave me time off and very, very <laughs> they do supportive. They nice sandwiches, yeah. They do. And mm. do are nice personal <laughs> as well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to get out. I was on the, I was on a till, just texting and emailing sometimes. Emailing While you might be from shopping through? Yeah, right, pocket, okay. Which is, I could have got fired for, but you know, <laughs> I was desperate to get out of my expenses. Yeah, um, and yeah. I was on the till, and I know Tracey Simmons work, but I'd never seen her before. I don't know. I just knew she was, you know, this amazing artist. And someone was, oh, you've just served Tracey Simmons. I was like, Tracey who? Like that's Tracey Simmons. So I chased her before she went down the escalator. I was like, oh, hi Tracey. I'm Yinka. I'm an artist, and. Uh, I said, this is what i do and she's like yeah just take your time you know like you know i had my first show when i was like over 10 years but just relax like it will come to you and that was like really sound advice that really and
2: it stayed with you stay with
3: me yeah like, i remember i remember like how i chased her and how she spoke to me so calmly she had time for me you yeah. know um and yeah it was quite a, quite a nice message that like, always is in my head so if i'm going for anything i always remember just take your time you know like don't and rush
0: you were mentioning as well you liked her artwork in the king's cross st pancras station that says i want i want my time with you yes and that that had kind of inspired you as well and spoke to you because yeah. i feel like your new text works even though they're completely different because yeah. they're not neon and they're not handwritten or anything yeah. they're in a type font but there's 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 a there's a kind of hope that people get from that work which is similar to tracy's there's a humanity yeah 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 yeah, yeah.
3: I think there's something about, like, feeling loved and sort of coming in from somewhere and feeling wanted. But also, I think words are just so powerful, you know, and and text. And I think if something is... If you connect with a sentence or a word, it it sticks with you. So I think that's why I wanted to sort of do something around lockdown that will really sort of, you know, capture people's, you know, like, feelings and emotions and really kind of get them out of that tough place. Because, you know, we're going through... It's a collective, not just an individual. No one is safe, you know, and it's the first time we feel... Work together in a situation. Yeah. No matter where you're from, no matter what race you are, it's.
0: What was the other one? Because you made another text piece recently, no? What was that one?
3: Um, As long as we have each other, we will be okay.
0: As long as we have each other, we will be okay. Yeah, Yeah, they're amazing. I like the way you kind of, the phrasing of them. They're really poetic, aren't they? Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I've always loved poetry. Well, they
2: must come from your parents' parables, surely.
3: Yeah, I mean, a bit of wordplay. Yeah, yeah, a bit of wordplay. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> word but also, a lot of Nigerian music, there's a lot of wordplay, like you know, in Phila like and, you know, King Sonia, these traditional sort of Nigerian musicians who are like, you know, pioneers of Afrobeat. They When they sing, they, they sing with... It's quite melodious, you know, there's, there's stories in their music. So, I, for me, it always sort of goes around in my head and sort of I try and sort of take elements of that... Into you know into text or into my design process, so yeah I don't know I just I've always loved poetry and I, w- I loved the anthropology when I was doing my levels but I yeah w- I, yeah I used to write poems not anymore though but I do love poetry you like yeah. j- and you write a lot of poetry not anymore I used to ah. I wish I, I just Do you remember any of your poems No 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 <laughs> surely <laughs> <I don't laughs> a little haiku no? Probably no. <laughs>
2: Maybe, they're words, gonna, maybe, they're, maybe you should go back and have a look. Maybe it can like <laughs> influence the it, next yeah. works. So in 2019, you designed something which I think become uh, incredibly iconic at the Dulwich Picture House. It's called the Dulwich Pavilion, which was called the Colour yeah. Palace, yeah. which was an, in an Afro-futurist style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you worked with some architects on that. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah,
3: that was a really special project. So it's a project that they run, the LFA run every year. Um, With Dulla's Picture Gallery, yeah. um, and uh, you can sort of you—they commission like an art, uh, an architect up and coming to sort of create a pavilion in this space. It's it's like the Serpentine. I wouldn't say it's the same, but very different. But you know, if you've been to Serpentine Pavilion, it's it's quite a big deal for any architects up and yeah. coming.
2: Is that a dream? Is that a dream to do that? I would pavilion?
3: love to do Serpentine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one day. Yeah, it's quite a big uh, commission to do. Um, so we, I worked with Price School who architects based in, I think they're based in sort of South London. Yeah. Um, and we created this pavilion called the Colour Palace, and it was based on my visits to Nigeria um, to this market, which is called Balongo Market. It's, imagine, I always compare it to going to Porto Polo Market, but this is like times millions of people, 40 <laughs> degrees heat, wow. colour everywhere. Everyone walking at a fast pace, trying to tell you something and anything, trying to you into their shop to buy their fabrics. Yeah, that's what it's like. So I wanted to bring that element of that energy from Lagos to Dulwich, because you've got Peckham, which is not too far from Dulwich. Yeah. If you're in Dulwich, Dulwich was in a really sort of expensive, and you know, upper-class area. and you've got Dulwich, which is very much cultural. Um, so I wanted to sort of try and bring those two kind of roles together and did it with architecture, yeah. And what was it like working with Price Gore, who are Dingle
2: Price and Alex Gore, and they're based in Peckham. What was it like working with architects to build? Because how, how high was this pavilion? It's about as high as what? Well, not as high as this room, yeah, but
3: it's, it's about how. Yeah, it's it about is. How this room, yeah, I don't know how so this What is, was that? What was that like working with them on that concept? Oh, it, was, it was incredible because I learned. I mean, again, I'm not an architect. I'm a. I'm a i am make furniture and I do sort of small scale installations. So it was a huge learning process for me, working with engineers and, you know, designing the building, but it's got to stand up, it's got to have them out of the right wind loading. And yeah, all, you know, yeah and the
0: whole, like, health and safety yeah. aspect must um, be, yes. like, a nightmare with those public things. Yeah. And it was huge, wasn't it? It's this it's huge big. thing. And all these multicolour kind of uh, panels in it as well. It yeah, was a really yeah so
3: extraordinary wasn't it, all coloured slats. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it's sort of timber slats when you sort of walk around it you kind of get this kind of calendarscopic shift of colour moving around. Yeah. So it's trying to sort of like resemble the market and that sort of colour shift when you're sort of going through the market and colours moving beside you really quickly. So I wanted to try and sort of bring the elements of that energy into...
2: What's that Victorian thing you used to play the films on? Diatrope? Is it a diatrope? Di- Diorama. No, no. Like you would be like that circuit thing and it would animate, and like the Victorian yeah, no, times head. I can't di- know what it's d- called. Derogatope or something. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, Daguerreotype.
0: <laughs> Daguerreotype. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if that's it. That's I it. Mean, well wait, that's what it felt like. Anyway. Google's become my brain. I just yeah, like yeah. without Google on me I'm like daguerreotype. Yeah. Maybe. No Maybe one's not. saying anything, they're all just no, sat no there like. No one's helping. Is anyone in <laughs> an the audience?
2: <laughs> what is it? Zoe Zoetrobe. <laughs> Zoe yes, there we go. There we oh. go. That's what it felt Thank like. You. Thank <laughs> you. I mean yeah, I've just <laughs> <Don't> wasted <it. laughs> I've just wasted time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Amazing. And then that so that was semi permanent. So that got taken down. How does that feel when you put all that effort into making something, it goes up and then it's gone.
3: Yeah, obviously it's very you know tough because I think there were a few plans to sort of have it reinstalled somewhere else because it was so very popular during, yeah. you know, during when it was up um, that people kind of got used to it being there. I know. I um, think it's
0: really sad that it's not still there. Yeah. I know. think it was the most beautiful, beautiful yeah. like public artwork. Yeah. yeah and it's really you. weird. But it became
3: but something else, didn't it? It went on to actually as a, a, a school so took it on and actually turned it into planters. So they took all the slats down and made sort of plant planters for like school kids. So there was this kind of DIY, because they could sort of make their own planters based on this kind of like... Imagine like Ikea, they used to have their kind of like build kits. It was, yeah. it was like that, yeah. So it had an afterlife, which is nice. Which, so it still lives on, but in a different form.
0: And <laughs> talking about kind of the idea of the kids then with their schools or whatever, um, you've also done things like playgrounds. So yeah. you in, in Cannes, in France, you made yeah. an amazing playground. Which, when you look at it, could almost be like a film set or something. Like yep. it, yeah, it, all yeah. the elements of it yeah, create yeah. a kind of um, a picture, like a tableau. Yeah, yeah. It made me think, funnily enough, of a Turner Prize um, nominated artist from last year called yeah. Taishani who makes that. these oh, kind yeah, of... Oh um, yeah, installations. Yeah, these installations that. and all the elements of it become part of this narrative. Yeah. And that, that particular work by you really struck me as yeah, very yeah. sculptural and kind of like making this beautiful tableau.
3: Yeah. I think that was a project we did sort of, I did sort of two years ago, in, in, in I think it was like, yeah Cannes Line Festival is quite a big film festival, very fancy, and, uh, and I was blown away by how sort of fancy it was actually. But yeah, we were asked by Pinterest to sort of design this playground um, as an activation for, for Pinterest, and they gave us some information about like the sort of most pinned colors and the most pinned things on Pinterest. So had all this information, all this data, and they were like, okay, great, can you create a playground based off of this information? Um, wow. So, you know, I think it was like the most pink colour in Spain. I don't remember, or like pink colour in like Nigeria or Ghana or like Portugal. So, I had all this information and then we had to sort of use the colours to create a sort of playground. Mm. Then, then we, we, created this, we made this sort of these towers. In these towers, i like information based on what they'd given me. Um, it was, yeah, quite a... It was probably one of my most kind of like favourite projects because... Now we've done that playground, everyone wants us to do playgrounds now. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So you're like, yeah. no more playgrounds. Do you know what? I actually love it. I, I'm like, I want to do more. Because you made a skate park recently. Yeah, yeah. Over yeah. Skype. Over Skype, yeah. And that was also yeah. in France, in, in, in Lille, Lille. Yeah. which I think yeah. there
0: seems to be loads of cultural the French happening. love you.
3: Yeah, they <laughs> do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love like doing playgrounds and anything that involves yeah. play. But your um, work
2: is so joyful and so happy and so giving. I mean, does that reflect your personality?
3: It does, yeah. I think you know, uh, uh, yeah. I think it sort of you know, being from like my state where I grew up, from like it's about like being happy and being Optimism hopeful. Optimism, yeah. I think one of the reasons why I think I'm very hopeful because my parents have always just been like, it doesn't matter, like you know, tomorrow you will be this or that, and I don't, I never believed or saw their vision or saw they always knew like things would be this way, but I don't know, they're always hopeful and sort of positive, and I think it helps you have that sort of positive outlook on life as well because you can always be like. That's awful, that's blah blah, blah and just yeah, be yeah, blah, blah, the yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But they're just like, Do you know what? Just be grateful. Like you can you've got food, you've got you got air, you can you yeah, you've got clothes, you know, just yeah.
0: I, I felt I felt that with the text work that you did on the Blackfriars Bridge. Yeah, on the Blackfriars Bridge as that kind of banner. Yeah. But I, I feel like that was like a moment of pausing for people. Like when you, you had to read it quite slowly and then it really hit me when I read it and I I experienced it through Instagram because Russ posted it and then he sent me pictures. And then when you made the limited edition print of it, the actual length of the print was so clever because it wasn't like you just did it on on a traditional like format. You know, I I make prints myself and we often do them like 76 by 60 or something as a portrait thing, but you made it this very like elongated shape.
3: Yeah. I think I wanted to try and sort of capture that moment of like people sort of seeing it on the you know on the sort of billboard and you know, what I mean, what did it feel like if you sort of seen it that big? Um and I think if I did it any smaller I think it would discredit the meaning and how important the message is. So I think it needed to sort of be as long as it was, you know, I think yeah, to kind of really get that point across. Yeah,
0: I like the physical length with the length of the words. Like it was a really beautiful kind of alignment of the two things. Yeah. And there was another thing that links in my mind with that particular work, which is something that you did for Somerset House. And it was for Zach Ove. He's an artist and he curated an amazing show last year called Get Up, Stand Up Now. And um, if everyone, I don't know if any of you saw this show, but the walls in each space were like these very vivid, bright colours. And that was what your installation was, wasn't it? You actually... Worked yeah, really yeah. a long time on that. So we
3: were arch- so asked by the team to sort of pitch for this uh, amazing exhibition. Was it um, a competition as well? Competition, yeah. Wow. Was yeah, it again? Yeah, a competition? Yeah. And I think it was we were up against sort of again, sort of maybe three architectural sort of studios. Yeah, and suckers. I don't know how we won, but uh, <laughs> <I thought> we, <laughs> we, we won it. But when I, th- when I won it, I thought, can I swear? Can I swear? you. I thought, what the fuck? How have we won this project? Because I just thought, there's two of us in the studio. It's like, now you've got to do it. I've got to do it now, <laughs> yeah. So it was probably one of the most sort of hardest and sort of like exciting, most stressful, and because, you know, you want to really respect the artist's work, and you're talking about over under artists who are like legends and really respectful, and you want to, you got to sort of like design the exhibition a bit around their work. And yeah, that was, that was tough. But it's such a really incredible honour to be part of that show, because, you know, we were... If you know house, it's a great a building. You can't really do much to that building, you know. It's, it's it's protected, so we were allowed to add colour in there and sort of do like crazy things. Was in it there. direct on the walls or on it, the walls? It? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Which is, and everyone that's been there were like, how did you get, How did you do that? That's not allowed. And I'm like, I don't know. We just. Let's do it. <laughs> and,
0: and wasn't there an experience where you were like trying to choose colors and you were like really deeply thinking about what colors were going to make people feel different emotions in relation to the art that would eventually be in there? Yeah. And didn't you paint one of the rooms blue or something and then sit for ages in there?
3: We had like every color, I think,
0: in the rainbow, yeah, yeah
3: in, in Somerset House. And you know, there were a few artists who were like, I don't want that color against my artwork, it's wrong. So we had to go and change it. And then the mm-hmm. artists were like, That's not right for me. Can you I mean, name and
2: shame these artists? I can't, I
3: can't. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, respect for artists. So you want to make sure they're on, you, you know, they're on your side. But everyone was happy. There was no artists who were like, who didn't like it. And obviously, Zach Ove was, you know, he's an Ojibwe who was behind me. He's was like, yeah, yeah. it's cool, I got you. So he kind of held me in my hand through the whole kind of process. Um, I, I, yeah. I felt like
0: it was really successful, um, that element of the show. And I really, I liked the way that as you walked through the exhibition, it kind of transported you into these different feelings yeah. and it struck me how strong colors you know if they mm. actually do surround you yeah the power of color the yeah. power of color yeah because for you
3: it holds memories it's about memories yeah yeah i think i always use colors as yeah, as that for me because i remember going to sort of weddings and church services and you know parties in my small you know house in in north london uh-huh. and i think for me like what my parents were and what i wore and my friends wore is mm-hmm. how i remember those key moments so i think color is such a really important and powerful tool that can allow you to sort of, you know, recapture special moments in your life. So when I create work for anyone, whether it's in a public space or for a client, I'm giving you a bit of my memory in, in that work, you know, without even knowing, because my pa- my color palette is always is very distinctive. Yeah, I mean, people know my color palette and I know my work. Um, and I think that's, I so I don't know. I, I don't do it subconsciously. I think I don't know. My colors are just always. It's just. Don't know.
2: Well, do you do you set rules for yourself though? Do you have anything that you do and don't do, or it has to ha- contain
3: this shape, or it can't Not do that? Not really, no. There no. I think I always I let I sort of get the brief, and I think it's just kind of what do I want the, the, the user to kind of feel yeah. and take away from their work. How do I want them to remember that work? How will they remember that work? I think the things I always question within my work, and I mean yeah, those are key things for me when I'm sort of having get a brief on my table.
0: What artists have inspired you or designers? To sort of help you on your journey and to sort of start that whole process.
3: Yinka Shwani Bari, I think, is, is a huge inspiration for me. Not because you shared that, my name. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. A legendary. I love Yinka. He's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. Yeah, and I think, you know, Sir David Agai, as well as an architect, as well, he's done, you know, he designed nurses. Uh, oh, st- hang on, he's your mental. mentor. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. how did that come about? Do you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, he just, you know, we just talk on Instagram sometimes, and, and I was like, can we have a chat? And he was like, Yeah, come to my office. And I went to his office and he was, I was like, Yeah, can you mentor him? Me? He was like, Yeah, I, I will. So, what does that involve, wow. being
2: mentored by Sadovian? I don't know.
3: He's just uh, such an open and sort of like, s- such an inspiration, I think, for a lot of young people, I think, architects and design. I think also, inspiration is lo- a lot of you know young and black creatives. Yeah. I think, you know, And I think, yeah, he's just a really inspirational girl so you would just run like
2: ideas by him though. Or?
3: run ideas by him yeah get advice from him and just he's just really supportive on anything I do he's always commenting always kind of just showing love yeah which I think is is nice or you know if, he, if, he's, if he's asked about who's he's, he's to watch he would be like Yinka's one to watch and is I don't it? know yeah, wow. he's, yeah which is quite nice and I never had quite that quite nice was, that's like it's very yeah it's nice. I never had that when I was doing my degrees so I think it's nice to have someone who really believes in your work you know and, and yeah yeah I think it's quite important yeah like him. a champion yeah. It's yeah. amazing
0: how people who oh, yeah. who do support you d- often don't realise the impact they make in on yeah. your life. Like mm-hmm. I often think certain teachers in schools, like they don't uh, understand. If like you have
2: a good teacher, they yeah. can change your whole life. Totally, yeah.
3: Yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I think I had a teacher in my uh second school called Mr Mr. Doherty, and he was strict. And, you know, I used to mess around in school but um he'd always be like, You're gonna waste your life, Sonic, you know, you're very talented. Just fucking listen. Um, Did he say fucking? Yeah, well, he would swear. I'm not sure about that. He, like, yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah. he was the kind of teacher, really trying to emphasize. Really good teaching yeah. skills, yeah. <laughs> but he was great and he really kind of saw something Potential, in Potential, yeah. Yeah, and I think that always kind of stuck with me. Do yeah. you mentor anyone now yourself? Do you pass that on? I don't. I think I do it with my team. I think yeah. you know, my team is really small and I think you know some of them are probably you know, shy and just sort of finished. You know, this would be part one of the architectural degree. Yeah. So I think I like to sort of take in the ones who are kind of timid and shy, and the ones I think the ones are you really talented. Yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> The ones who are talented, I think, yeah. are the, the ones who are really sort of shy and timid, and I, I try to sort of, I don't you know, sort of like let them lead projects and give them advice because I know I want them to sort of leave my office one and sort of do their own thing. Yeah. Nice. It's quite key to kind of you know come to me to design, be really part of the you know of the the studio and process.
0: And I was trying to encourage you to come to Margate today because um, I love you the Because you encourage Id- everyone to go to Margate. I know, <laughs> but I, I, you were talking about needing more space and I was like, I think you should uh, come to Margate. Yeah. And there's an amazing project happening in Margate. There's a group called People Dem Collective and they're mm-hmm. trying to raise money at the moment for a kind of public centre which is going to be a kind of cultural center, wow. and um, yeah, I actually want to put you in touch with them because I think mm-hmm. you need really to do something. With you, you should I mean. design make that, happen, that yeah. cultural center. I totally. think. Totally. Yeah.
3: Well, I was saying to you, you know, Margate's always been a quite a close, you know, place in my heart and family yes. because, cause, you know, as a kid, you went to, you know, my parents are very religious and still are now, and they're always praying, you know, which is which I always loved them praying for because when I'm sleeping, they're praying. They're always praying anyway, and we went to Margate every other Sunday to pray, to you know, to God by the by the sea. Because yeah, yeah. um, well,
2: Pente- there's a lot of Pentecostal church there, right?
3: No, it's just like it's something we did. It's kind of you know we just did it. Like, but every church that in in London, who mm-hmm. was in Nigeria went to Margate to pray by the sea. They would get a bottle of a bottle, get some water from the sea, take it back home and sort pray for seven days for anything. Um, what was it about Margate? I don't know. I think maybe closest, the closest sea. I think I don't know. Closest wow. to I,
0: I swear I there is a project in this. Like, we have to get you to come to Margate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a holy If This water national in Margate, like, cultural centre yeah. like gets off the ground, which hopefully it will because yeah. people yeah. them collective rule. But like, if that does, you have to come yeah. and do a project. It's too yeah, cool. It
3: it's, it's a special yeah. And I think I did a project based on that, because sort of, it was people who wanted children, some who wanted to get their you know, part, the definite stay in the country, and so they would pray for seven days in Margate come back to London and their their prayers would, would be answered because they had that faith, you know, in sort of that seawater, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. What do your siblings do? Did they become civil engineers and doctors or did they?
3: No. My brother studied uh, aviation management. He's uh-huh. about 21, which is poor him. It's not a good time to be studying that, no. you know. Yeah, uh, cool. My sister studied writing. She worked for Nollywood TV, like Bollywood, Nollywood. Yeah. Th- really? Nigeria, yeah. So cool. she's like really into Nollywood movies. It's wow. Probably one, one of the... I think the the biggest film like producer I think in in the world. It was first, so yeah, I think it's the first. Uh, my brother is a chef, so quite creative. Yeah, really creative. Family, yeah,
0: and yes. you have a secret talent <laughs> which um which you've been trying to finesse in lockdown, which yeah. is musical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I, I've been learning. Well, you know, again, every Sunday the church was a big part. You know, part of my sort of you know upbringing. So I used to get paid to go and play at different churches in, in London. I used to play the percussions. Yeah. So I was self-taught and then every Sunday I would get paid to kind of play at a church anniversary for like, yeah, yeah. like 30, 20 pounds. But during lockdown I was learning a, um, playing a talking drum, it's a Nigerian, sort of, uh, Nigerian music instrument um, that's played in like weddings or church services and really kind of special and key moments. It's quite a tough object to play. But it's like, it's well, we've got star. you one here today. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god, that would be so unfair. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you doing well with it though, or not? No, 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 no right. not at all. No, <laughs> still learning, still learning. Yeah, you can do
0: it. I believe in you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing that one day.
3: Do you have favorite galleries you go to? I love Victoria Mario, yeah, that's really. More oh, really? Yeah, I think I love the space. It's got quite a nice outside sort of garden. Yeah, that's the great. One in,
0: um, in East London. Yeah, the one. Yeah,
3: just yeah. on a uh, city road. obviously. Yeah, off C- yeah, right, nice yeah, yeah. At that's Granny, Yeah, and I've just loved Yaya Kasuma as well. And I've, I've always, anytime she's got a show, I'm always like rushing down to go and see. How great
0: was that last Yaya Kasuma oh. show? Yes, with the Infinity Room. Yes. incredible. It was. Wild, the queue was it?
3: mental. I don't know if you remember yeah. the queue, but you had to yeah. like get a waiting list. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. My favorite, put my favorite gallery. Yeah,
2: amazing. Yeah. Would you would you want to show your work? I mean, what is the dream then for you going forwards now? Like, with design, what, what is the dream place to have your work in? What is the dream
3: brand to work with? I think I'd love to do a hotel one day. That would be my dream project. Nice. Yeah, I think there's something quite special about sort of like creating memories in like places abroad and not that's not home. But how can you how how can you create a sort of a space that does It's not home, but is your home? I don't know. It's, it's quite a weird. But yeah, like do the kind of entrance to kind of the rooms, the... The facade, every, everything here. Yeah. And would yeah. you go down to like the bedding and the towels and everything? Yeah, because we're, we're, we're sort of doing homeware now. I'm sort of launching the homeware collection in November. Good plug. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah but to be through. fair,
0: there are a lot of people waiting for this collection. Yes, in he in keeps dropping it on Instagram, going <laughs> coming soon, guys, <laughs> dropping <laughs> it, like, going like coming soon. Where is <laughs> Maybe <laughs> in <laughs> November, and it's the socks that I'm really wanting. I want yeah. the enamel cups. Yeah. I need yeah. your socks, <laughs> seriously.
3: So yeah, we're doing, we're doing sort of like uh, yeah rugs. We're doing enamel. Rugs. rugs oh yeah, yeah. Russell's gonna yeah, love, I love the rugs rug. I'll have a rug yeah, yeah. yeah and he'll
2: pretty so move around I'll his house you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the time But is that fun doing oh, That is like mass production then I guess in some it ways. is
3: yeah I think it's, I, d- I sort of did it during lockdown I think I was kind of think worried about projects we had on and that sort of you know been on hold and I think homeware is, is where it is where I'm trying to sort of like push for now and Trying to launch it, yeah.
0: It's like the modern-day Memphis because I was obsessed with the Memphis group, yes. and I often think of them when I when See, I look at the your work and, and, color, and obviously yeah, Bauhaus yeah. as well. But
3: or Chicago Imagists. Or yes, sort of, totally.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did you did you look at Memphis design? Was that something that you were into?
3: I've, oh yeah, I've loved Memphis. I sort of love their kind of their their ideas and sort of like having that sort of design score and sort of like their process and I think their use of color and pattern and shape and storytelling I think is is yeah really special and I think there are elements of you know that sort of resonate within my work. So, yeah, I love Bauhaus. yeah. I think I've got, a, there's this chair, that's, I think it's called the African chair, and if you've sort of seen it at all. Um, but it has, ins- has inspirations from, from like West Africa. But, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Bauhaus. yeah. I love them.
2: Amazing. And what what is it about chairs, then? Because you are obsessed. Can you put it well,
0: down? Well, actually, but you were really inspired by a friend of ours who is called Mart- oh Martino yeah, Gampo. Yeah. He yeah, did a yeah. book called "A 100 Chairs in a 100 Days. And I remember getting that book when it first yeah. came out, and it's a—it was an amazing project, wasn't it?
3: It was great, yeah. I think he did—he like, designed, a, 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 well, ev- over 100 days, 100 chairs every day, based on chairs he would found around uh, in London or I don't know where he had found them, but it was an incredible show that toured around the world. Um, and I think that was what inspired my love of chairs and storytelling, and also working with old objects that you find and t- trying to sort of give it a new narrative. So he's one of my inspirations. I met him—I I met him sort of last year during a. Design uh, museums, sort of judging oh, um, wow. project we were doing. I was like, just so you know, I love your project, uh <laughs> you. so, But yeah, really humble and uh, yeah, inspirational sort of artist designer. But such a huge project. I think it's I think one, yeah, one of the best.
2: Because you made mini prototypes. Now you've got like a show. I've recently saw it at Browns East, the store in yeah. uh, in Shoreditch, in Ho- uh, not Hoxton. Where is it? Off Redchurch Street. Yeah. And you've yep. made mini versions of all of your chairs yeah, in these yeah. kind of like. Plints on these plinths. That's right, yeah. yeah. Ha- is that an ongoing project?
3: It is, yeah, because I think people that, you know, I've been working in design for nearly 10 years now, and I think a lot of people know me for doing architecture or set design or, or, or expression or exhibition design, but people who knew me from before know I started off doing chairs. Yeah. So I think everyone's like, oh, you do chairs? I was like, yeah, that's how I started off, you know, designing. So I want to try and go back to that and introduce you to kind of my old work. I do this kind of retrospective of kind of the chair I've done over 10 years. I've got like 70 chairs that I've done. Some that I've sold really early on in my career. Some that I regret that I sold because I was broke and I wish I could sort of buy them back. But I might try and buy them back actually. Yeah, do it. As people. What but would you do to this chair? If we, if we, <laughs> brought, if we brought this what? chair in, what would you do to that? Oh my God. I'm actually sure. I'd maybe cut it in half. I don't know. Cut it in yeah. half? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't stand I up, know. would it?
0: I can, I, can, I, can I give you some suggestions? <laughs> I'd really love it if it was a bit higher because I'm so tall and you're quite mm, tall
2: and I yeah. feel like we're like really low down. Oh, It's fine for me, actually. I quite like it. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so we ask every guest that comes on, Yinka, two yep. very important questions as well as all the other questions we've been asking. If you could do an art heist, you could have any work of art in the world, whatever it is, a building, a chair, uh, a hat, anything you wanted from wherever it is in the world. And it can be as,
0: as giant or as tiny as you like. You don't have to like put it in your pocket. We can bring cranes and help Bloody you. Yeah. We're really good Pick at this. We've, actually really, uh, We've got really good at it. We've got really good at really this good after it. like 100 or so episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: What would
3: it be and why? Bloody I don't know. I actually don't, don't know. It probably might be... Again, in Kirinabori's sort of wind sculpture piece. I don't know. Describe that. What does that look like then? Uh, bloody hell. It's probably about, I don't know, sort of 10... Oh, how, how tall was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some sort of... That, that's, you know, that's a lie, actually. That's a lie. It would probably be Nelson's ship he did. that um, was on the fourth plinth. Fourth oh, on plinth, the fourth plinth, Which yeah. is now yes. in Greenwich Park. yeah. That yeah, I think it's because it's just really clever, and I think it's just such what a is it? Well, tell us about that then. Bloody hell! So it's it's this kind of I don't know. I can't just how would you describe it? It's, it's not like a ship in a bottle. It's a, bottle, a bit like a, yeah, it's ship a ship in a bottle, like the tourist exactly. things you used to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like how did it get in there? How is it Yeah, it's, it really does. And the play on your mind, oh, yeah. Fabric, fabrics out like of Dutch wax. Yeah, I, I can't. What Dutch wax? Um Dutch wax is a print that's very sort of. It's from Indonesia, but heavily used in sort of Nigeria. So it's 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 how we sort of. Show our identity and show our cultures, but it's not actually produced in Nigeria. But Nigerians are we a lot to kind of portray and sort of show you know we are Nigerian, but yeah, it's th- 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 they, they sort of focus it more on the West African market and they've got like different sort of like franchises in London, also in Nigeria, and also in Ghana.
2: But was it from the Netherlands originally from the Netherlands, yeah? But,
3: but they've it's really sort of pushed a lot in um, West Africa, but it's, there's no links to it being. From Nigeria, but it's it's what we wear and how we sort of show wow. our culture. Yeah,
0: I always think the fourth plinth is such a tricky kind of commission to do. Yeah, it must be so scary as nice because a like everyone's gonna see it because it's Trafalgar Square. And I actually think Yinka's was so powerful. Like, yeah, it's That's amazing. It really, really worked. Yeah. and I think yeah. it, he's one of the rare. Because eyes it also
2: related to all the other plinths. And you had Nelson's Column <laughs> yeah, totally, and the ship totally, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that yeah.
3: works. What's the new? There's a new one now, there isn't it? It's kind of ice ice. Cream. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't have seen Heather, that her
2: name yet. is Heather
0: isn't it philipson or something yes i don't even know how i know that well done I, I you, just, you just know <laughs> everything that's what it is My you brain, don't even know why that is, it's a, there. L- that is the first time i've like remembered name in, ab- in about <laughs> a melting lump.
2: ice cream with a, f- a spoon with a cherry with a fly on top yeah. <laughs> and a drone that spins round. yeah cool, i what what think there's a camera the in the drone I'm trying to remember what was what
0: there's a camera in the drone I think there's a camera in the drone I don't so it's like surveillance yeah Scary. Yeah, yeah. Um. What were some other good ones? Other good remember. ones.
2: Well, there was David Trigley's very, very. Oh yes, good. David Trigley
0: did his thumb. Very big It's big really, thumb, really, yeah. really good.
2: Katerina Fritch had the blue cock.
0: And didn't um Rachel White do one where she, she did, yeah, yeah. where she, she, re- read, le- she made a copy, made a copy of, yeah, of yeah, the actual the mirror
2: pimp. image of it. That was and Anthony Gormley did a performance piece there. So twenty four hours a day, people had access for an hour a day. They could go up there, they could meditate, or they could read poetry, or they could sit in silence, or that was amazing. I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. that was actually really. I, like, yeah, I That was quite a
0: controversial one, wasn't it? Because it was like an empty stage and yeah. people couldn't handle it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe that will be you one day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about it now as well. Would
2: you ever want to design like an opera or a theatre? Oh, I'd love the to. The set yeah,
3: design yeah. for that. I think there's, says it? Uh, S. Devlin, is, yeah. It's one yes, of, S. Devlin, yeah. love her, yeah. Like, she's... Someone who, like, does it really well. So, yeah, and sex theatre. As
0: Devlin currently has an installation in Bold Tendencies yeah. in a car park in Peckham, yeah. which I think they, have, they are allowing... It's open to the public. It's probably, like, restricted um, numbers or yeah, whatever yeah, sure. for, for COVID, but it's really meant to be amazing. And I first discovered her through her work with Beyonce because she did some amazing, um, you know, uh, interventions, basically, but in popular culture and popular music concerts yep. and stuff. She's amazing.
3: And the stuff of Kanye's all, Kanye yeah, West. Kanye West, like, yeah, yeah. She's love. Cool. She's Ledge. Yeah. So, another question. The other
2: question
0: we ask every guest is the perfect question for you. It is, what is your favourite colour? Oh come on, pink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is it about pink? I think it reminds me of when I met my grandma for the first time in Nigeria in 2009, I think it was, and you know she spoke didn't speak in English, but I could connect with her just by what she had wore, and it made sense to why I in I love colour. And there's this picture of my student, my um. An artist who sort of painted for me called uh, Inca Jordan, and she painted my grandmother, sort of who sat down in you know in Nigeria in in, her, in you know in a in her in her home, and she really sort of like designed and created her shoot, this kind of photography with the art with the photographer. She's got all her jewelry on. She sat like this with like I don't know, sort of ten rings on her fingers her shoes and her amazing swiss boy lace and she just looked so beautiful which
2: one swiss boy lace swiss swiss
3: boy lace what's, swiss what's boy. that like it's a expensive uh sort of lace fabric with like diamantes on them um very blingy uh wow. and it's from switzerland um it's just very expensive um yeah it's not cheap
2: and you've got that in your studio
3: got the, yeah it's got a, it's a painting here yeah, of my and what's yeah. the name oh. of the artist again uh, inca jordan
0: Okay. yeah,
3: yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah, pink is one of my favourite yeah. colours. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we're going to open up to some Q&As now.
2: Um, if anybody's up for asking some questions, put your hands in the air.
0: Put your hands in the air.
2: If anybody has a question, that is. Oh, on the front here. I wonder who this woman is, Rob.
0: Oh, my God, it's my mum. Hey! Hi, mum. Is it That's really? That's Judith.
2: Thank you. Um, yes, I'm just
0: interested. Um, last week we saw. The
3: Mm. The yeah. Yeah. I think you know he really did you know pave the way for a lot of designers. I think you know for, you know and I think he really did kind of change the design industry and what design meant today. Um, I'd never met him before, but I've always respected him as what he did as a you know as a businessman. Also, you know he. Yeah, he's yeah an incredible, incredible guy. Do you he's like his stores? These, his stores? Yeah. Um, well, we, we actually. Well, ha- well, he he owned well he owned Habitat, didn't he? So we we're actually going to be working Habitat last year, but it kind of didn't happen. Um, but hopefully, it does happen again if we sort of do a collection for them. But yeah, I mean, Habitat is, is a store I've always loved. Yes, yeah, you know, it's yeah. What's
2: your favourite design store then? Where would you go to get something oh really?
3: Probably SCP, you know.
2: Yeah, SCP, oh, we oh, love and SCP. SCP, yeah, Curtin Road, yeah,
3: addicted <laughs> SCP, to Because uh, it's got such a good, got such a good sort of collection of work and yeah. great buyers who really have good taste and yeah. yeah, it's very different. And
0: actually, I think someone like SCP wouldn't exist if Terence Conran oh, hadn't 100%. been yeah. around. Do you know what I mean? Like, he really did change the face of the way, yeah. of yeah. British retail. Yeah. and also, I think he was so specific with what they sold as well. It wasn't like he ever he, they had a really good focus. I think. Yep. Um, and it's a bit like I read about you as well you were saying that you didn't want to sort of somebody ca- approached you to make w- um, wrapping paper or something and you just felt like it wasn't the right like I think it's important to yeah. make the right decision at the yeah, moment sure. you've got
2: to have your integrity haven't you yeah. Design, yeah. Yeah.
0: and I think he held on to those values Yes,
3: I think it's easy to kind of lose that I think when you get presented with so many offers and, and you know ideas and you're like oh yeah I'll do that but then you want to try and keep your integrity within your brand and your practice and remember why you were doing wh- wh- why you do what you do well
2: but you don't you want someone to take your design again appropriate yeah, it put it on yeah. all of that all on exactly. like wrapping paper exactly. or fabric yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like that's
3: mine yeah, yeah yeah which happened which is happening quite a bit because you know i, I love you know was that happening with
2: you, all you happen-
3: i mean you get asked but like uh, people who do like wall- wallpapers or birthday cards or you know tissue paper i am like i don't want my print on a tissue paper i mean i don't want, i mean i could do it but yeah. it's, a, it's a bit deeper than just a, something that print on a tissue paper, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Cool. Any more questions? Uh
0: What do you think is kind of next for design in, in terms of discipline? Because, um, in terms of like fine art and design and even performance to a certain extent, I think that m- the mul- multidiscipline is kind of really having
3: a big time. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think is going to next, not just for, clients, but just for the in general? Wow, well, I don't know, actually, no? <laughs> These are
2: really good <laughs> questions, guys. This is uh, yeah, we checked in deep with We've all the questions. really
0: things. intelligent listeners. I yeah. love it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think what, what's great now is I think, you know, you could go and do a degree in furniture design or product design or fashion, whatever it is, and you could leave and be inspired by so many different things. And I think Kanye West is an example of someone who is a musician. And, you know, did Yeezy and is a billionaire, do you know what I mean? And he's been told you can't design trainers. And he can design trainers and he's done it, you know, so... He's
2: going to be the head of GAP now. Exactly, do you yeah. know what I mean?
3: So, yeah. I think when you look at what he's done, I think, I mean, yeah, it's... it's I mean, apart from what he's done, but creatively, you know, he's it's, uh, it's quite inspirational, you know? So, I think, I don't know, there's no there's no kind of rule, there's no kind of rule, but no. I think you can kind of... If you can do it well and you have the right team behind you and the right vision, you know, it's possible. I mean, I'm not an architect, but I have a team who can help me bring my ideas to life. So, yeah, for me, I'm all about sort of trying to, you know, build a team that can sort of realise my dreams and ideas um, with me. So it's not about me, it's about, you know, my team behind me because without them, I, I, there is no there is no studio. Um, so, so, yeah.
0: I, I think it's a really positive thing that, Uh, the boundaries, of the the kind of, like, walls between disciplines have been broken down more and more and more. And I think a lot of the reason for that has been digital technology, so the fact we have Instagram. And if you look back to Bauhaus, which we obviously did the video recently about, and which I do relate a lot to Yinka, um, I I think I, I always liked the idea of conversation and the fact that you could bring together different people from different backgrounds and different disciplines to come up with new ideas because i think by communicating with each other even like tonight like we're all sat here you know even though us three are talking like we it is still a conversation and i think the more we do that it that something really exciting will come from it and what i'm scared of is that a bit like in politics maybe that's people are going to rebel against that now because that's often a, a shift isn't it like things go out of fashion and then I'm, I'm really worried that it's going to become really like purist again or something and painters won't talk to sculptors or you know what I mean like maybe it will all become a bit like separated and I really hope that doesn't happen because I just I, I think there's something really positive that's happening at the moment, you know, even with what we're doing, like the fact that we, we get to talk to so many different kinds of... You don't have to stay in one lane. You can no. switch lanes yeah.
2: and you're allowed to suddenly... Yeah, and for you as an actor, like yeah. you're yeah.
0: presenting a podcast now as well, but yeah. like it doesn't stop your acting career. No. And if anything, I think it makes <laughs> it stronger. You know what I mean? Like, Just
2: by being next to you, yeah.
0: Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've always been in the behind the scenes. <laughs> it's my agent, basically. Very, very yeah. critical.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, one in the back. I think we have pretty good. i three more questions, right? Hi. Um, so you mentioned, Yinka, that you've done some work with schools yep. before. Yeah.
3: And I think you did a project a few years back in Stipplefields, working with people who were in recovery. I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that again was such a special project for me because, you know, I worked with people who were, you know, very vulnerable and sort of, you know, shared things that were very personal within their life. And to be like allowed into their world and to sort of they trust me with their stories and sort of put that into an object was very special for me, you know, because I sort of gave them some of my skills and some of my ideas which they're sort of using now and sort of doing their own things with, you this know. This is Restoration station, station, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I,
2: got a, I got a footstool from there once. Really? Oh, yeah. Amazing.
3: Yeah. Uh, shop on sort of Shoreditch High Street. Yeah, is that right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love social projects and community projects. So if there is more that, you know, then I would love to be part of it, yeah, because it's, it's, it's always a feel-good project for me that I can sort of give back to community. community.
0: And, yeah. and for people who don't know about this project, so it was called Restoration Station. Sure, yeah. And it was a shop in Shoreditch. And what was the actual premise of it?
3: Um, basically, it was run by um, a PR company called uh, Zettler PR. So they r- they do PR, free PR for the shop. Um, and it was do- LDF, just London Design Festival. And they wanted to work with an artist designer and it sort of got me in touch and got me on a project. I worked with them for like a month um, and sort of shared with them my skills, how to sort of re furniture, how to use colour to sort of, you know, create you know, stories and sort of, you know, sort of express emotions and feelings.
2: But it's getting vulnerable people to be creative yeah, and to make yeah, furniture exactly. and, and, like, upholster things. Yeah, and
3: because most of them, they just used the colour black. You know, they they were scared of colour because they, they didn't know how to, you know... Express or... Express or, or yeah. talk to colour. So I sort of gave them that sort of confidence to sort of, you know, use colour in their words, express their feelings. And uh, also
0: that word re-love is such a beautiful word, isn't yeah, it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate the word upcycling. I, I mean, I'm sure I said it <laughs> few times a day, but I love the word uh, re-love it's yeah I don't know because that's, that's amazing what we're doing yeah quality loving you know uh,
0: and actually there's something really healing in taking care of you know objects yeah. that have kind of fallen apart and to realise that they have value because I think our culture now has become so like
2: quick well they hold time. memories for you furniture you get a chair and you think there's memories in that
3: yeah because I think you know that chair has been in someone's house for how many years I don't know or, or these I always see chairs as immigrants because chairs come from like know switzerland sweden you know and i don't know wherever and they sort of end up in like thrift stores in london um and then you buy it so i always try to sort of unravel those chairs narratives and try to sort of make a sense of what it is and where it's coming from and then i sort of relay a new narrative so it becomes an ongoing you know uh, uh narrative um that you know someone might buy that chair have it in their home then they might pass it on so yeah I was sort of passing on stories i think is quite a special thing and i think something that i enjoy um doing in objects um my chance. Yeah, them. storytelling is yeah, a major theme yeah, for you, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Couple more questions. I'm I'm the neighbour, Oh hello. I was very struck when I um learned that the Dutch wax prints yeah. and yeah, the Swiss laser's not actually from the region. So I'm just thinking about your artwork and you know how I guess it's inspired by those prints. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one, but I, I, I don't know. I think I think w- what I find interesting is that you know, like f- fabrics can can form someone's someone's identity. You can take a fabric and a, and a pattern, a cloth, and say, Do you know what, this represents me. I'm I'm African Nigerian. I think I'm not even sure if, even if like Nigerians every night or everyone they know that I don't know, but I think it's just been. The, the thing that everyone's just sort of thought and know, okay, you go to this era to buy your Swiss lace or Dutch press print and it says I'm, you know, Nigerian, yeah, but I don't I don't know, I don't know, I think I might one day maybe want to sort of design my own prints, I don't know, with my own fabrics and I think it's something that I, people would like me to do, maybe, I don't know, but who knows, maybe next year I might sort of do a, some prints that I can that I'll buy a Nigerian, you know, uh, by me, yeah. yeah, I'm not from, you know, Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's a huge market, you know, they make, um, the biggest company that produced them is they're called Villisco, um, and you might find them like Liverpool Street, if you go online, type in Villisco, so many prints, like really expensive, like wax print, um, and they're beautiful, you know, I you know, I can't deny it, but...
2: What is the waxing then, is it like the boutique style? Batik, yeah, right, yeah,
3: so you've, you've, it's, you, it does feel very waxing, yeah. you know, you can kind of tell though, because if you go to Dalston, there's like copies of... That's prints made in China, but the ones that are like authentic are made in um, in Switzerland and they're like the really expensive Dutch, right? So you can kind of feel it and they're not cheap, um, but they're good quality. So, yeah. So if you go to Durstan, you can get like, I don't know, some for like 20 pounds or 30 pounds for like six six yards, m- yard, meters. Anyway, but yeah. Good, got to a copy. good to know. <laughs> there
2: we go. I think we had a question at the front here. One more
3: question, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
2: (laughs) That's interesting. Fish and chips.
3: (laughs) That is a good question. That's eh?
0: interesting coming from Emma as well, because Emma's been living in LA for like 12 years, 13 years, and you've come back at the beginning of lockdown for this, so to to England again. So you've probably been experiencing the UK in a, a new way, having left America.
3: I don't know. I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the kind of architecture. I think maybe a, a bit, maybe the sort of shapes and forms of things. But I think it'd be more about the people um, and uh, just how diverse and cultural sort of multicultural London is. I think has is, is yeah. always been my inspiration for me. So I think talking to people, and meeting new people, and there's always been things I want to try and take out of you know those conversations into my work. So I don't know. I think London is isn't the most kind of the most colourful and vibrant city, if I'm honest, uh, but. There are many things I love about London. I think it's the people, um, the cultures, um, the food. Um, yeah, I don't know. I th- yeah, I don't know, actually. That's a very good question. What, what would it be like? I don't know. I don't know.
2: <laughs> like, Yeah, if we was in Nigeria, what would they be asking? They'd be yeah. asking you about British culture. What what from Britain are you putting into your
3: work? Um, one thing I do love about the British people is that we are... If, if I was to give you a little kick here and I said sorry to you, you would accept that sorry it would be enough. <laughs> sorry. Or like, oh, oh, you'd no kick worries. me and I'd actually apologise. Yeah. Is what how it would yeah, work. Yeah, Russell would apologise. I would apologise for
2: something that I haven't done wrong.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in, yeah, ni- yeah. in Nigeria, I think if you were the nuts on i be like ah, you just did this to me. Blah. You like I'm so sorry. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it's like this kind of continuous of like I'm really sorry. One's not enough. So I don't know. I think. That's what I would compare I'm constantly yeah.
0: apologizing to everybody <laughs> for everything good <laughs> <laughs>
3: or, I know, yeah I don't know I think just like sort of mannerisms sort of like I don't know you know Nigerians are very sort of loud and sort of expressive people I think British people are sort of quite timid quite conservative um yeah but Nigerians are really we like to kind of very expressive we want to be seen want to be heard very flashy um, do you like showing off oh I yeah mean, I, I like to wear colors so my Colour is how I kind of express myself. And yeah, sort of yeah. But no, I'm not really, no, no. I think if you go to Nigeria, Nigerians love to sort of show their wealth and it's, you know, it's through their clothes, their cars, their jewellery. They go to Dubai and buy like 18 karat worth of gold. You know, they might they work in, you know, I don't know where they work, but they might save their money monthly to sort of pay off that 18 karat gold because they want to show they've got wealth. You know, they don't care how they get it, but I'm going to the party. God look the best. I'm going to save my money and buy, a, you know, a piece from Dubai. Yeah, so... Which is, yeah, I don't know, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting culture, Part like, parties and socialising and, like, display of wealth is, is a huge part of Nigerian culture, yeah. yeah.
2: Amazing. Well, we love you, Yinka. Thank well, you so you much too. for coming <laughs> on. Thank you so much for coming, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, for all images we've talked about today, please go to our Instagram, and Yinka, you're on Instagram. What is your Instagram?
3: Yinka underscore Elori. That is my Instagram. And we'll Brilliant.
0: be linking to you on our Instagram. Yes. Yes. And um, we'll be back very soon. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Hopefully we get to, to do everyone. more live ones at some point. But stay yeah. safe, everyone. Yeah, cheers. Lots yeah. of love. For love. Thank, for love. Thank, for
2: love. love. thank you. Well done,